0: Welcome to the Wedding Guest Extraordinaire podcast with me, Sarah Southern. Join me each week as I talk everything weddings, taking you from engagement to honeymoon, making sure that you really do enjoy planning your big day. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Wedding Guest Extraordinaire podcast with me, Sarah Southern. I hope you're all very well. This week on the podcast, I am chatting to my friend Sarah, who I've known for probably about 10 years, I think. Uh, We first met at a work do in Washington, D.C., probably about a decade ago, and I then got to know her husband here in London through work, and they, unbeknownst to me, then start dating about five or six years ago. And Sarah then just moved over here. And it's the story of a transatlantic relationship, committing from the beginning, the hurdles that you need to go through in order to get married when one of you is American and one of you is British, and also a religious aspect to the wedding and your commitment to your faith. Uh, It's a really lovely story. And also, they had three weddings in essence. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of ceremonies that they had to have and it's really interesting to hear how different those three were. So let's dive straight in and I do hope you enjoy the lesson. Hi Sarah, how are you? Hi Sarah, (laughs) I'm great. Good, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So I've been looking forward to chatting to you about your multiple weddings for a little while. As, just so the listeners know, you are American, Mm -hmm. but your husband is British, Mm -hmm. and I think you started dating whilst you are in the States, is that right? That's correct, November 2012. November 2012, so quite
1: a while ago now. So you met there, then what happened? Well, you know, we're we're in politics. Mm-hmm. So everything revolves around elections and referendums in this house. <laughs> and it was the US presidential election, and the outcome was not what I had hoped for. So I was pretty down, but then I had my mister next to me and well, he wasn't mine yet. And <laughs> he It was like the best and the worst of times. And he wanted to give me like a supportive friendship hug. That's what he said. He said, this is a friendship hug. And then I kind of thought to myself, I don't want this to be just a friendship hug. And uh, it kind of, we looked at each other differently. And six months later, I moved to the UK. So it was quite swift in terms of kind of taking that plunge of
0: seeing whether it could work or not.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was 31. Um, He was 35 at the time. So we're not, you know, we're not kids. Not spring chickens. Not spring chickens. Uh, And we, we wanted, we both wanted family, um, marriage and family in our lives. And so it was kind of one of those things where you you just got to jump in and see if it's going to work. Got to take that risk.
0: So when you were like long distance dating... Mm -hmm. How did you manage to kind of keep that going when you've got like a five-hour time difference and several thousand miles? How did that work?
1: Yeah, it was, um, uh, Matthew had to, it's okay, I used yeah. right. okay. so <laughs> it'll make things easier. Um, Matthew had to stay up late, uh-huh. which he doesn't like to do, but he did, um, a lot of Skyping and, and then we, um, we saw each other quite a few times, um, so he came We started dating around the early November. He came uh, between Christmas and New Year's to the States, to Washington, D.C., and then I went out in mid-February, and I wanted to meet his friends and his family, and to kind of just get a feel for his life, Mm. to make sure that this was something I could see for myself. You know, London has always been my favorite city. So it wasn't like he was living in Toledo, Ohio and trying to get me to move to the Midwest, you know, but I had to make sure that it was, you know, there weren't any red flags, especially when I met his family and things.
0: So when you were dating in that time, you were obviously, even though you'd only seen each other a few times, Mm -hmm. it got very serious, very swiftly. Yeah. And then you took that leap
1: of faith. Mm -hmm. And I quit my job. Quit your job crumbs. I quit my job and I took some savings and just, I, I also did not move in with him. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not want to go from 3,600 miles to being within feet of each other. I didn't think that was healthy for a relationship. And the reason for my moving was to actually give our relationship a chance in a normal way, not being long distance because the late phone calls, the weekend afternoons, the emails, the texts, as lovely as they are, it's just not a real relationship.
0: But also you can begin to fantasize in your yes. mind as to what yes. it is
1: yes. because
0: you might have had a terrible day. But then you think, well, I'm not going to talk about my terrible day on my late night phone call. Yeah, I'm going to talk about nice things and what have you been doing. And actually, I'm doing this this get So you're suddenly not talking about what you've got to buy in Sainsbury's on Saturday. You're talking, yeah. about I didn't even know it's Sainsbury's. Was
1: then. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it, 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 yeah. So your our lives, although both in politics, one in Washington D.C., one in London, there are a lot of overla- there is a lot of overlap. There's also a lot of differences. And he and so I needed to see what day-to-day life in London and most with him is like and do kind of a traditional courtship in a way. Um, But I should say that it's not like I met him for the first time in early November. I had known him for like six and a half years, but I had known him as a friend who lived in another country and I saw him twice a year. So he was an acquaintance, a friendly acquaintance, but like I didn't know him very well. So that's what it was at... Yeah. And then there is also a religious component to all this that we had to jump through because I'm Roman Catholic and he's Anglican. He had to go through, um, we had to go through the church to get his previous marriage, like signed off. right. So that was all going on in the background. Um, and we started that immediately because if we were, we were serious, we were focused and we were dating with purpose, not just for fun that if we did want to move forward with our relationship, um, we didn't want that hanging over our heads. So Matthew, for the for listeners,
0: because obviously I do know this I'm friends with you both, Matthew had previously been married. That yes. marriage had come to an end. Yes. You getting married um, in a Catholic service is obviously mm-hmm. very important. Therefore yes. that previous marriage
1: needed to have what done in order... So it needed to be either annulled uh-huh. or it needed to go through, which is what we ended up doing, called a patron privilege, which is the privilege of St. Peter, which means the Pope actually had to sign off on the relationship. And this is because his first wife wasn't a Christian.
0: Ah, uh, right. So and so obviously. it
1: wasn't a sacrament. Okay. So if a sacrament in the Catholic Church cannot be undone, but it ha- we had to prove that a sacrament never took place.
0: Wow. Okay, so I did not know this was a thing, oh, yeah. or indeed it happened. <laughs> this is very
1: interesting. So, how does one go about that then? If this well, is important, we had to, we found out along the way, and it literally took from the moment of inquiry to the moment Matthew heard back one year. Wow. And so it's not a short process no. in any way, shape, or form. Um, but the paperwork, as long as everyone cooperates, and that included, you know, an ex-wife and family members. Um, that testified, I had to swear on a Bible in Westminster Cathedral uh, on a visit in February that year, Um, then you send the paperwork to Rome and you just wait. And there's no tracking number. There's no, and if the Pope says no, the Pope says no, and there's no appeal process. So anyway, I knew that everyone was acting in good faith and I knew canon law and I, I knew that it would be approved because it was it was not ob- subjective it was objective yeah it was straightforward but anyways the reason i bring this up is because the day i we both testified individually at westminster cathedral that was the day pope benedict resigned whoa <laughs> you to be so, thinking
0: oh god yeah
1: and i was like a pope hadn't resigned in over 500 years so like, and when we had just heard that the person who has the final say is the Pope, and then the Pope has just stepped down, we're like, uh, what happens now? Like, do we have to start again? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, we'll send all the paperwork in. And by the time the paperwork arrives, there will be a firmly, uh, a Pope firmly in place and everything should go as clockwork. So whilst you're doing this, you're not actually engaged. Correct. This is really interesting
0: because you've obviously had these conversations early on that you're in it for the long
1: run. Yeah. But you haven't actually got to that point yeah. in the relationship. I mean, we, I was doing it as safekeeping. Like, honestly, like I could have pulled out once I moved here. I could have pulled out at any time, gone back home and been like, listen, we gave it our best shot. It didn't work. You know, but what I, what I didn't want to have happen is if we did end up making it work, which of course we were hopeful, Mm. then we'd have to wait a whole nother year before we could actually get married and start our lives together. And we were young. I mean, Mm -hmm. we weren't that young anymore. We were in a, you know, I was in my early thirties, he was in his mid thirties, but we wanted to start a family at some point. The last thing we'd want to do is just wait for the church to come back. So we did it as like, you know, insurance policy. Yeah. Yeah. Just get the ball rolling. What I love is the fact that you knew all of this information as well. <laughs> you were kind of well, ready and prepared. Like, I had to look into one. it right yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to, I had to, it was a quick learning curve. <laughs> there were a lot of conversations and I, I do believe that things fell into place providentially because there were conversations and people who reached out to us that I could not have planned. And then as it turns out, Pope Francis did sign the uh paperwork granting us the petrum privilege which only about 50 a year in the whole world are granted and he signed it on u.s thanksgiving day that oh that's year. nice which of course he didn't know but you know that's nice for us and um so you'd started it, so
0: there'd been a change in pope and or something had happened to lead to the change in pope in the february come the november for thanksgiving yeah you get the paperwork back so when
1: did the engagement come then so 28 days later matthew and matthew um we went to parliament terrace on new year's eve with some friends of our friend of ours who's an mp and his girlfriend who's now his wife and we um we watched the most amazing fireworks show from parliament it's a good
0: location to watch the fireworks terrace in parliament oh and very good location yeah
1: it was really great. Um, so impressive. My One of my best friends was in town. Um, so that was fun to share it with her. And then we went back to Matthew's flat and uh, all the lights were still on in the flat. The Christmas tree lights were on. I'm like, well, it's like 1.30. Why are all the lights on? And he says, I have something to show you. And my stomach dropped. And I don't know, call it female intuition. But I just thought, no, he's not going to propose now. We haven't heard back. Maybe he is. I don't know. And then I did like a heart and a head check. Like heart. Yeah. Head. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We think, yeah, the answer is yes. And, um, he came back and he showed me an email on his phone and it was from the church saying you've been granted the patron privilege, but I looked at the date. Of course, this is December 31st slash first of Jan. And it said December 3rd on the email from month. Yeah, and he'd kept it a month to surprise me. And then I thought, oh, wow, this is what he wanted to show me. And then I thought that was it. And he said, oh, I have something else for you. And I said, oh, maybe it's not it. And then he pulled out a little Lynx box of Lynx of London. I thought, oh, maybe it is it, because I didn't know they did engagement rings, right? And then I opened it, and it was a little charm for a charm bracelet he'd given me. And it was an engagement ring charm. And then he just turned me around and he just said with his biggest grin, will you marry me? And I just said very matter of factly, yes, yes, I will. And it took 24 hours before the floodgates started and it all sunk in and I started to cry and all that. And then we picked out a ring together. What I'm most
0: impressed by is the fact that you both had kind of committed early on to giving it your best shot. Mm. So you'd Mm. both obviously said, okay, so we're on different sides of the Atlantic. We're going to dedicate time to get to know each other in a very different way, even though it's over Skype or phone calls or whatever. We're going to do some visits. Actually, one of us is going to have to move. It makes more sense for you to move over to the UK. And in that time, you're also saying, well, look, if we are going to get married, we're going to have to do these things. So let's just get that going and then see where we end up. Yeah. Like you both had gone into it in a very... I don't want to say adult because adults are very childish, but you know you'd gone into yeah. it in a very um, focused way in some in some kind of uh, mm. sense. Uh, and then to have done all the paperwork, but then for Matthew to have known for all that time and then s- pull the secret out of the yeah. bag at the last minute, I just think it's lovely. Really, Thanks. really lovely.
1: And it was really sweet how he did it. You know, at first I was kind of like, oh, I didn't even get down on one knee after we talked about it. <laughs> I was like, gosh, darn it. I waited all this time. He can't even get down. And he didn't even know to get down. Oh, really? It. No. God bless him. He just didn't know. But you know, in hindsight, you know, it was, it was so him and it was so us. Where it was, you know, there was a little razzle dazzle, but it was just simple and sweet.
0: So obviously you probably didn't have, you would have been over here perhaps on a a holiday visa or a business visa or or whatever Mm, at that stage. You mm. then need to get the right visa in order to remain. Yep, yep, yep. And to find a, you know, job. Yeah. So you, did you then have a, just a wedding, as it were, just the two of you quite swiftly after that point?
1: Yes, yeah, so we discovered that it 's actually much easier to get married in the u s in a courthouse type setting than it is than it would have been for me to get married in the u k um, so we I would have had to gone through an um, uh, fiance visa and blah 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 all this other additional paperwork, so um, I called. I talked to every international couple I knew, I talked to different lawyers, and um, we went into a courthouse in Arlington, Virginia, not far from where I used to work, uh, in March, and I tied it in with a bunch of other visits to plan our religious ceremony, which was taking place later in the year, and we got... um, we got married. We had one. W- I didn't include any of our family because I wanted my family's moment to be at the religious ceremony to the chagrin of my family who are like, oh, we should have been there. <laughs> but, um, we each had a witness and, uh, we went out to a nice lunch afterwards, a champagne lunch. And then literally we went to a FedEx Kinko's and started copying our paperwork immediately because I had to, uh, Matthew had a plane to catch. So you didn't
0: even fly back together?
1: No, I stayed because I had to stay in order to do my um, immigration paperwork. I had to be in the U.S. and submit it from the U.S. to the U.K. Of course. So I was in the U.S. for an indefinite period of time, but we were doing it the expedited way, which meant probably three weeks. And then I was living between friends and family for three weeks in Washington D.C. Getting my biometrics done, you know, oh, mailing like a pound well, probably a kilo's worth of paper, um, expedited. You can only imagine how much that cost. Yeah. The application itself cost like $1,400. Um, so it was a really romantic day as in like I, we got married, we went to lunch, then we went to FedEx Kinko's, but and I, then like I kissed him goodbye.
0: I like that. I like the fact that there's so much functionality about it in terms of this is what we need to do in order to make our life work. Yeah. So we're going to go and do this ceremony, we're going to have some lunch, and then we're going to go and do paperwork for the afternoon. Yeah. I think there's something really, like you've removed all of the romance, all of the specialness almost yeah. as it were. I did wear a birdcage veil.
1: Yeah, that's sweet. I did do little yeah. sweet yeah. And he actually, um, we, we were actually interviewed for Newsmax magazine that day <laughs> as I'm FedExing my but documents to ship over uh, an American news outlet. um wanted to do a little write-up on our relationship. And so that was nice because we were both in politics, et cetera. And we met through my boss, my former boss. And so anyways, I'm, yeah, fielding a journalist while photocopying. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that was in the March. Your proper wedding, as I'm going to call it, was then in the August. August 29th, yeah. Yeah. So that was again in Virginia, was yes, it? Yes, it was in Alexandria, Virginia, which is just across the Potomac from Washington, yeah. D.C. But is that where your family's from? No, my family... Well, my, fam- my mother's originally from Baltimore. My father's from Atlanta, Georgia. So... Um, and they met in Detroit. So, okay, so there's no real connection. Yeah, the, okay. But I had lived i call myself i'm from virginia because i went to university in virginia my grandparents had retired in uh, virginia like in the 80s so it's home to me and my mother was living there at the time so
0: and that's where you call home when you go yeah. back to the states yeah.
1: and my father's there now yeah so talk, talk me through that day then Um, Well, what was funny is, I mean, as most brides know, when they're picking a wedding date, you you know, you got to line up the church and the reception venue. And are you going to do it on a Friday? Are you going to do it on a Saturday? And I had always wanted to do either a May, we call it Memorial Day weekend, which is actually this weekend um, today. But it's your last bank holiday weekend in May. Mm -hmm. In the States, we call it Memorial Day. Or I wanted to get married on Labor Day weekend, which is like the last weekend of the summer, the last day you can wear white and it's the last day you can wear white, it? can wear white mm-hmm. technically. Uh, and so I kind of liked going on a three day weekend for people because, you know, it's more relaxed. People can take the time. And so we wanted to do on a Friday cost effective and being a three day weekend, I thought people could take a little extra time off. Um, we got married at St. Mary's Catholic Church, which is where I attended when I lived in Alexandria. It's the oldest Catholic church in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, George Washington would have had peers that went there. Uh, but, you know, it's historic for America. <laughs> and, uh, Brand
0: new for the United
1: Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Modern. <laughs> Modern history. And uh, so I got the priest lined up there. He was perfectly fine with me having it. But... Uh, you know, the, all the September slots were filled. So we did that Friday and uh, the, we had the reception at Mount Vernon, which is George Washington's home. So it was on the property of Mount Vernon. Um, so we, we got this colonial theme going and it was at the tavern uh, restaurant they had there, which had beautiful outdoor and indoor space and they would do a full sit down meal and everything. So that was great. Uh, what we didn't know at the time that August 29th, uh, 20, well, 1814 was the date, uh, that the city of Alexandria had surrendered to the British in the war of 1812. (laughs) That's funny. So exactly 200 years ago that day, Alexandria, you know, came under control of the British. And how did you as do. did I? <laughs> two hundred years later, so it, we we didn't plan this but the whole city the the old town, which is a colonial like cobblestone with brownstone houses uh, it's very iconically colonial american uh had Union Jack and American flags all down the main street and had a whole lineup of activities between the u k embassy and u s firefighters like doing you know, Anglo-American type of events. It couldn't have been more perfect for you guys. I know. It, it was It was strange that way. And it was the, the anniversary of the burning of the White House. So they had all these burning of the White House themed stuff going on. So we had our guests sign a poster of the burning of the White House. Like our guest book was...
0: I like that. That's a limited sweet.
1: edition of poster with all their signatures. Did you find
0: it difficult organizing that aspect of things when you were predominantly
1: in London at the time? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, what was nice is the five-hour time zone difference. So I was ahead, so I could come home from work, and everybody in the U.S. would still be working. Mm. I could make phone calls, and people would answer emails. My mother was a huge help on the ground. She was like my admin queen. Um, And it was nice to actually be able to use some U.S. vendors, because they just more variety, but it was it was a challenge. I mean, it was definitely really time consuming. Um, and uh, but you know, it it the weather was perfect that day. The humidity had lifted. Everybody came. I think everyone had a good time. Um, I was also, we, we sang um, God Save the Queen <laughs> at the end because it's the same melody to My Country Tis of Thee. Okay. So we did a first verse, which is, all, you know, My Country Tis of Thee, which is American. And then we did God Save the Queen with the men really belted. I can imagine. Very loudly. I walked down the aisle to Thomas Tallis, If He Loved Me, mm-hmm. which is beautiful, sung by a quartet from the National Shrine, uh, the Basilica of the National Shrine and we did um there's another oh we did be thou my vision which was it's one of my all-time favorite hymns so the the music was beautiful my husband is a big organist and then we employed a friend a mutual friend of ours sarah jason to mm-hmm. uh help with the mu- other music so
0: Wonderful. um yeah yeah. But that wasn't the only opportunity you had to wear your dress because the following month? Was yeah, it, it was you less than a
1: month later. you yeah. then
0: had a blessing here in London for
1: yeah.
0: effectively a whole second wedding, really.
1: Yeah, for 200.
0: For 200? Is
1: that how many yeah, people were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was at St. Patrick's Catholic Church in Soho Square, which is beautiful. Very and beautiful uh, we did um, the coronation mass by Mozart. And that was really special. And, you know, that it was, honestly, I was absolutely knackered. I was absolutely exhausted. Had you had a honeymoon then in between? Yeah, we went to the Outer Banks of North Carolina, which is where my family has a home. And so we we did a very, like, low-key, chill-in-our-favorite-place-in-the-world kind of honeymoon and then we took a, a kind of a longer more exotic one later but that was our little break and then we came back and of course it's on um Scottish referendum day
0: that was I mean it was such a fun evening because everyone knew that the referendum was happening but so we enjoyed your wedding yeah and then it got to the point where we were, we kind of were beginning to see the results come in yeah the it was just like it, it had a qu- three it, stages yeah, that it day, was four quite, stages. quite a bonkers night it yeah late, late night really really late night i didn't get home till the wee hours of yeah the
1: morning. i remember we held a corner together yeah um at our friend paul's house yeah. and just nattered away natted away as a and result that was easily day. three in the morning <laughs> so yeah
0: it was a very fun time i think it was really lovely that you did um the, the two things you had your american more family and you know obviously yeah. american friends um uh, experience yeah where. and then you did that great thing in london thanks I that nobody missed
1: out yeah and and we were just so we use a british term here chuffed <laughs> that everyone um just was so supportive and loving towards us and w- really wished us the best and we had a reception at the carlton club after the mass um and uh it was you know it was just a reception style uh, with canapés and drinks, and then we went on to the, the blue, blue ball. The blue board, that's right. Um, and I got to get out of my dress, but I loved my dress, and it was really mm. nice to wear it twice. Um, but you know, it, it did feel a little bit that that ceremony, just a little bit like kind of dressing up, you know. But then I got to enjoy. I was so much calmer that I got to really enjoy the music and the ambiance and the setting so much more that time whereas I was like my nerves and my adrenaline were so much during the first one I'm so pleased you wore your dress
0: that because nice. it would have been so easy for you not to and to have just worn a nice outfit yeah because you'd be like oh well, we've already had the wedding we've done that whereas it made the people who'd been invited to that feel as though they really were witnessing yeah. your marriage because it's- I think sometimes I find it very strange if you go to someone's wedding and you don't really get to see them get married. Yeah. But that's that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see you really say those things to each other and mean it. Yeah. So if you're not taking it seriously, don't expect me to take it seriously as a guest. (laughs) So I think you really kind of committed twice over. So I,
1: I really appreciate that. Well, that's nice to hear. I, and I should clarify for your listeners that it was a blessing so we didn't say our vows the no. second time because we'd only been married less than a month, but it was, um, it was, it was a blessing by the church and it was just a recommitment to what we've already said It before. felt
0: like a wedding.
1: Good, good, <laughs> good. And we love, we love, um, good church music. So we emphasized that. And I, I, yeah, I was very happy with how it all went. I was pretty tired once it was over. And of course, like the next day, Matthew's like, okay, let's go look for new flats so we literally went uh, flat hunting the next day. And found the flat that we're currently sitting in? Uh, no, that came about 10 days later. Okay. But yeah, we, we went and looked at another one. So how have you adjusted to
0: living in the UK? Because you've been here for five years five now. Five years now,
1: yeah.
0: Um, it's had phases of adjustment. Because what I've got a lot of American friends, and there's certain things that they can never get their head around. They don't understand why it always takes so long to get internet installed in your flat. <laughs> <Yeah>. Or <laughs> they don't understand the drying situation of clothes, because not everybody has a tumble dryer. Oh my here. gosh,
1: that's my biggest bugbear. Because you all have tumble dryers yes. in your house. It's, it's, like, it's like electricity. They're like, really bad for the environment, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> the washers are bad for the environment with the soap. It's just electricity that goes through a tumble dryer. True, but which is—it's just, just not a thing that I we really have. D- d- yes, so we that, all that I've been into the But Every country. American
0: friend says that to me. Like yeah. Why does it take so long to dry your clothes? What? Like yeah. it's just and your flat's a little so. There's no space to dry.
1: No, your. and why would you want to put it outside in London air? Please tell me why. True. I grew up in the countryside, so. Oh, the in, fresh yeah, northumbrian the- air. <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh exactly but it rains <laughs> it just, not, well it doesn't rain that much not as much as no. they say it does on the west coast but yeah it does rain a bit but what else have you have you had a difficulty adjusting or not difficulty adjusting to other things now when you go back to the states like
1: why would you be doing that okay so the states okay portion sizes of food Okay, I'm kind of like, I'm blown away. I can, autom- I can tell immediately when the airplane lands and I'm in an American airport by the waistline of everyone I see. I'm like, my God, we are fat. <laughs> my God, we are a big people. Um, so that, and, and the food and the fast food, because I, I think being in London, you, there's such a variety of culinary art and options. That I'm, I, you know, you can get such fresh, really well-made food that in America, I'm like, why do people just, but yeah, there are are all different reasons for it. Um, and I think the other thing with Americans, um, I mean, everything obviously is in the car. So you need a car in the city. You States. don't have public transport as, no. as efficient no, as no, we no. have here in the UK. Maybe in a city. Uh, but not in the suburbs or anything like that. And I find myself now, when I'm in the States, choosing to roll my windows down rather than turn on aircon, which would be, which I would not have done before. So that, I prefer the fresh air. So even though I don't prefer to dry my clothes in the fresh air, <laughs> I prefer to have the windows down for the fresh air.
0: I think you're well on the way to being a fully-fledged Brit. I, mean, oh. I think that's wonderful. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. I've loved sure. talking about your weddings. It's been great. So thank you. Take thank care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So there we have it. That is Sarah's wedding. It's quite unusual, I think, for people to have three ceremonies but perhaps it's actually becoming more and more common as people marry internationally. And I quite like the fact that when they did their legal ceremony in the States, it was literally them and a couple of friends, and then they were straight down to Kinko's, sorting out all of the paperwork to ensure that she had the right visa in order to be able to move to the UK. Um, and then to have not really told anybody about that, so that the wedding in the States, in near to her home, was like the proper, proper wedding. And then to have this lovely blessing in London that, again, felt like a wedding because she had a wedding dress on. So it didn't feel as though it was uh, a secondary affair, that's for sure. Uh, I think also what's really fascinating is how committed both of them were to the relationship from the get-go. Like, it is quite a commitment to say to someone, well, if this is going to happen, let's get all the paperwork for the religious aspect of it moving you know, I think that's quite bold, but also at least it lets people know from the absolute beginning what your aim and commitment is from the relationship. So, no, very good news. And when I was at their flat recording, you may have heard it perhaps slightly in the background. Uh, her husband was looking after their little seven month year old child who is cute as a button. So, it, it's certainly a very, very cute family. Um, and I'm really pleased that Sarah was able to come onto the podcast to tell me about her big days. Uh, anyway, do follow us on social media. It's at Wedding Guest Pod. Uh, do rate, review and subscribe. Um, it's always good to help other people find the podcast. So yeah, do, do push it far and wide to your network. Um, but yeah, until next week, I'm Sarah Southern, your wedding guest extraordinaire. Do take care.